This is the Hui Kala Baptist Church podcast, coming to you from the heart of Honolulu, Hawaii. Hui Kala is a dynamic family of faith committed to solid Bible teaching, discipleship, and helping you grow in your faith. Grab your Bible and prepare to dig deep into the Word with Pastor Anthony King. Grab your Bibles this morning and turn to the book of Psalms. Uh, Psalm 16 is where we'll be at this morning. If you missed last week's message, you can always uh, stay caught up online on our podcast. I'm really excited to announce that this week we got a brand spanking new Hui Kala app. We got our very first app in 2014. We made some small incremental changes along the way, but got completely uh, retooled this past week. And so if you haven't downloaded the Hui Kala app, do that now. Uh, it's in the iOS app store, also in the Android um, Google Play Store, and so download it to your phone, to your tablet. Uh, there's also a way that you can enable push notifications so we can send out updates to you uh, that way. So download the new Hui Kala app if you have not already. I don't know about you, but I wasn't fully prepared to go on a stay-at-home, work-from-home uh, lockdown just yet. I have not gotten a haircut uh, l- recently. I'm usually on like a three-week cycle, and I'm a little bit overdue. So by the end of all this, your pastor might be looking like Willie Nelson with really long hair, uh, but I hope that's not the case. If you see me with a fresh haircut, though, just know that I found some black market barber somewhere to get my hair cut on during lockdown. And so uh, I hope you're uh, more prepared than I was for things like that. Uh, also today, I did something special. I tucked in my shirt. Uh, last week, uh, I had my shirt untucked, and uh, I got uh, grief from both of my boys and my wife for preaching in an un- untucked shirt. And if my mom had, could have gotten a hold of my 15-year-old self, she would have given me a talking to about not having your shirt tucked in uh, at church. And so uh, today, my shirt is tucked in. I told my wife, I said, I thought this was maybe a little bit more relaxed. Uh, I mean, I see guys uh, preaching from their couch in their living room uh, with their dog running around. I mean, I thought maybe we could get a little bit more relaxed, but she said, this is not the time to be relaxed. This is the time to to engage. And I thought, man, that sounds like something that her pastor would say. And so uh, I want to encourage you, this is not a time to be relaxed, but a time to engage. I even tucked my shirt in uh, today uh, as well. So Psalm 16 is where we're going to be at this morning. I've entitled today's message, Hope in My Lord. And again, we're taking a look at our brand new online exclusive new series entitled Hope from the Psalms. And uh, Psalm 16 is where we're going to be at this morning, Hope in My Lord. Psalm 16 Verse number one, preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, thou art my Lord, my goodness extendeth not to thee, but to the saints that are in the earth, and to the excellent in whom is all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, nor take up their names into my lips. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. The lines are fallen unto me in the pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. I set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also rest in hope, for thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. 
I'm thankful that during times like this, we can find hope from the Psalms. Uh, the book of Psalms was uh, written uh, kind of as a song book, a book of poetry. Uh, the early church would have used the Psalms to actually sing uh, in place of songs like you and I would sing in a normal church service. And the book of Psalms was given to us to encourage our hearts you find that the Psalms are very, very honest. Uh, there's times where the psalmist will say, uh, my, my faith is failing, uh, my hope in you has dimmed. Uh, God, I cry out and you don't hear me. And it's uh, times like this and times of difficult times that we can find hope from the Psalms because we see ourselves there. And so I'd encourage you, if you don't have a good Bible reading schedule right now, read some of the Psalms every single day. I know for a fact that you'll find the hope that you need during this time. But as we really dig into Psalm 16, verse number one, it starts off, preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. I want you to see, first of all, this morning, God will see you through this. This is a promise from God's word. And the psalmist says, uh, preserve me, keep me, sustain me, because it's in you that I put my trust God has promised in his word to never leave us or forsake us. God has promised to provide for each and every one of our needs. Uh, Jesus even said during the Sermon on the Mount, hey, the birds of the air, they don't have a job, but your heavenly Father takes care of them. How much more is he gonna take care of you? So we can say with full assurance this morning that God will see you through this, but we have to trust him. Notice he says in verse number one, preserve me, O God. Again, he's trusting that God will preserve him. But he says, for in thee do I put my trust. You see, all of us in uncertain times, we have to put, place our trust somewhere. And he says, in you I put my trust. I choose during this time to put my trust in you because I've got to put it somewhere. The fact of the matter is we don't have the answers for everything that's going on. We don't have all of the answer for what tomorrow holds, much less two weeks from now, six weeks from now, 30 days from now. We don't know, but we have to trust in something. And as I've gotten snippets of the news here and there, I don't, I don't spend a lot of time in the news because I find in my own heart, and maybe this is not the case for you, but in my heart, it breeds a lot of fear, uncertainty, and doubt. I began to doubt uh, um, politicians more than I already do. I begin to doubt sometimes other pastors and where their heart might be at or other churches and how, what their response is to, to situations like this. I begin to doubt the things that I hear from the media, especially when I hear conflicting results. And I have to put my trust somewhere and I don't want to put it in something that's uncertain or something that's unproven. And so we have to choose in this time to trust in God. Proverbs chapter three, verse number five, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not into that own understanding. I certainly can't put my trust in myself. I couldn't put my trust in you but I can always put my trust in the Lord. He's faithful. He'll see us through. Proverbs chapter 29, verse number 25 says, the fear of man bringeth a snare. It's a trap to fear man, but whosoever putteth his trust in the Lord, he shall be safe. I don't know about you, but I want the safety that comes in putting my trust in the Lord. I want the hope that comes from putting my faith in the Lord. But if you take a look at verse number two, I love this. David says, O oh my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord. So his soul is speaking to God. And you know what he says? Thou art my Lord. You are my Lord. You are my God. 
And you see, during times like this, we must own our faith. For me, uh, as, a, as a kid, I grew up in church all the time, three services a week uh, for 18 years, and it did me really, really good. When I graduated high school and joined the military right out of high school, I kind of uh, nobody was making me get up on a Sunday morning to go to church, and I went occasionally because I felt guilty that uh, I should probably go somewhere and do something. I never got plugged into a church family the way that I should have, uh, and I began to be really sporadic in my faith because the problem was it wasn't my faith. It was just kind of what I was taught as a kid. It's the faith that I grew up in, and it was kind of my parents' faith. It was kind of a, a thing that maybe uh, Americans in the South are, are brought up with, but it wasn't my faith. And for me, I went through a period of uh, kind of self-discovery, I guess you could say, and not about eight, 19 or 20 years old, just trying to figure out what I believed and what I believed to be true and what I thought. And it came back to the point where I put my faith in God because it was true. I was searching for truth. I was looking for what else was out there. Uh, I began to uh, look into other religions. And if the, the case is that all world religions are the same, I wanted to find that out for myself. And I began to uh, read what other folks thought about God and other folks thought about the world and eternity and things like that. I came back to the point where I believe the Bible is true. Well, if we believe the Bible is true, then uh, what brand of Christianity, I guess you could say, do you believe to be true? And there came a point where I put my faith in God's word and I wanted to believe God's word cover to cover for what it was. And it led me back to the point where I'm a Bible-believing Christian now by conviction, not because my parents told me, uh, not because it was convenient for me, but it's because it's my faith now and you couldn't take that away from me. And he says, my soul didn't say, oh God. He says, you're my Lord. You are my Lord. You are everything to me. And he owns his faith here. I love what David said in Psalm 18, verse number two, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. God's not just a high tower, he's my high tower. He's not just a horn of salvation. He's the horn of my salvation. He's just not someone in whom people can trust. He's the one in whom I will trust. And maybe God is bringing you through this time of uncertainty and doubt in your life to bring you to the point where this is your opportunity to own your faith. This is your opportunity to say, hey, I believe this lock, stock, and barrel. I believe God's word cover to cover. He is my God. And he is my Lord. And maybe there's never been a point in your time where, of your life where you've come to that decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. And help, let me just help you with that this morning. God loves you so much. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loves you. But you and I have broken God's law and it's created distance between us and God because of our sin condition. It's created a fractured relationship between us and God. And the Bible says that because of our sin, it's created that distance, not only here just on earth, but it's created a distance so that when we die, we won't be able to go to heaven and be with God because of our sinful condition. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die and after that, the judgment you and I will die on this earth one day and we'll stand before a holy God and we'll have to give an account of our lives. And the Bible says, because of your sin, the wages of sin is death. 
you're going to die and go to hell one day to pay for what you've done wrong, to pay for the broken commandments of God's law, to pay for your sin. But you see, God loves you too much to allow you to die in your sin, to allow you to be separated from him for all of eternity. And he sent his son, Jesus, to pay the price of sin on your behalf. Romans chapter five, verse number eight, but God commendeth or demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You see, Jesus came and died on the cross to pay for your sin and pay for mine. If the wages of sin is death, Jesus paid those wages for you, for me. But you see, it requires a response on your part. You've gotta do something with that payment. You can either apply that payment to your account or you can say, nope, that's fine. I'll take care of it myself. You see, Jesus is offering to pay for your sins today. Will you pay for your own sin? The only way that you can do that is to die and go to hell. And you'll pay for your sin for all of eternity and there's no second chances. Or if you'd allow Jesus to pay that price for you, if you can believe by faith that Jesus Christ is the son of God and he died for your sins and that he paid for your sin, condition, you paid your sin debt. If you'd believe that and you would be willing to seek God's forgiveness for your sins, you'd be willing to turn from your sin and turn to Jesus. You see, all you have to do to become a child of God, all you have to do to have your sins is forgiven is to do this faith in God and repentance of sin. The word repentance means to turn from. If you'd be willing today to say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I believe in him as my Lord and Savior, you can be saved today. And friend, there's never been a time in your life where you've accepted Christ as Savior. Know this, God loves you, Jesus died for you, and it's the best decision that you'll ever make in your entire life. And then you, with David, with me, with all the others at Huikala who claim to be children of God can say, you are my God. You are my Savior. You are the one in whom I will trust. Had one of our men in our church had invited a friend uh, to our open house Sunday last year. And I was talking with the man after the uh, service, the, the, the guest that had come with us. And I asked him what he thought about the service. He said, I thought it was great. I thought it was very positive, very uplifting, but I'm not a Christian. And I believe that there's uh, many ways to heaven. There's a lot of good stuff out there. And we just need to kind of take a little bit of everything and put it together and the world will be a better place. And that sounds like a great idea in theory, but the Bible says that there's only one way to heaven and his name is Jesus. And I said, well, was the message clear to you? And I, I kind of went through the gospel with him. He said, the message is clear, I got it. And he said, you know one thing that I really liked? And he said, you guys sang a song this morning. It was called, How Great Is Our God? And he goes, and I thought that was awesome. And I said, man, I, that song's a blessing to me. What, did you, what, what does that mean to you? And he said, of all the gods out there, you guys think that your God is better than everybody else's God. And you said, how great is our God? It's kind of like, we got spirit, yes we do. We got spirit, how about you? And you were saying like, how great is our God? And I said, yeah, that's, that's because there's only one God. And he goes, no, no, I get it, I get it. That's what you think, but there's a lot of other gods out there. And so uh, you guys just think that your God's the best. Okay. And I talked for a few more minutes and uh, it just wasn't making a connection with him that there was only one God and he was the only way to heaven. But I think to myself, there are a lot of other gods out there. Like just the second thought this morning that I see in this passage, those without God will struggle. Verse number four says, 
Their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten or run to go after another God. That God is lowercase g. You run to the things of this world, you're going to struggle. You're following after one of those other gods, those other belief systems, you're going to struggle because there's only one God and only one God that promises to save and supply your every single need. And those without God will definitely struggle because all other idols will fail. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. You see, for those whose God was, their idol was their retirement account, how's the retirement account doing today? If your hope was, your idol was, your savior was, your financial condition, how are your finances today? How much longer do you think that God will continue to come through for you, that God of money? You see, your job that you have that you find so much fulfillment in, if you place that as your idol, how's that working out from home where nobody gets to see all the maybe certificates that you have on your wall or get to see your nameplate on your office outside or nobody really gets to see what you do? How is that status working for you? during this time. You see, it's only a matter of time before those things fail. If you have money, it's going to run out eventually or get this, you'll die and everybody else will take your money. Your job that you find so much satisfaction in, and I'm not against finding satisfaction in your job, but if you make that your God, it will fail because you're going to punch that clock one last time and it's all going to be over. That God will fail you eventually in times of uncertainty, in times of doubt, in times of trouble, in times of trial. All other gods fail, but they don't just fail. All other idols will fail miserably. Take a look at verse number four, if you would. Their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another god. It's not a matter of things are going to get bad. Things are going to exponentially get worse if you're trusting in another god. Sorrows will be multiplied. Notice he doesn't say that sorrows shall be added or that sorrows shall come. It's going to get incredibly worse for those who have trust in another God. That's why for us, we must put Jesus first. Jesus himself said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. But put me first, seek me first, he's promised to provide for us. You see, during times like this, we have to stay focused on our source of hope. We must stay focused. Take a look at verse number four. He says, their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, nor take up their names into my lips. Hey, I'm not gonna get involved in that. I've gotta stay focused on Jesus. I'm not gonna focus on the news cycle and what's currently going on in the world, I'm gonna focus on God's word. I'm not gonna get hung up on all the other things that are going on around me. I'm just gonna focus on what I know to be true. I'm not gonna run after their idols. I'm not gonna find hope where they find hope. I'm not going to be panicked where others are panicked. I'm gonna go back to what I know. I'm gonna stay focused. Proverbs chapter four, verse number 26, ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Just Hey, just walk your path. Hey, think about where you're going 
That's what he says there. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. You know, when I'm pondering the path of my feet, I'm thinking about where I'm going. My path is already established. I'm not really concerned about what's going on around me because my path is already established. How much did this change for me? My faith is still in the Lord. I still trust in God. I'm not really all that concerned about what's going on around me because my path is already established. And I know this, I belong to God. He belongs to me and he is my Lord that will see me through this. And that was exactly the same six months ago and it'll be exactly the same six months from now because I'm laser beam focused and I need you to do the same. It doesn't matter what happens. The Lord will see us through it. I believe that things will be markedly different in America six months from now, three months from now. I believe things will be different six days from now. But I know this, the Lord is the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. I know that God is faithful, and so we have to stay focused on our path that we're walking. See, in verse number five, the Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. You see, God is everything to us and he is in control. He says, my inheritance, everything that I have in life, the Lord is it. He's the portion of my inheritance. He's all that I got. It says, thou maintainest my lot. God, you've got control of this whole thing. I'm just walking the path you got me to walk. I trust in you. Last week, we took a look at the sovereignty of God, and the sovereignty of God is not a topic to talk about on a uh, one Sunday out of the year. It's the sovereignty of God is the story of the Bible. God knows everything. He has everything preordained. He has everything preplanned, and he knows what's coming down the way, and he just asks that we be faithful to him. Lord, you are everything to me, and you are in control. And the good news about this is he's already showed us the way. Verse number seven, I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. I'm thankful that during times like this, we have the word of God to tell us what happens in times like this. He is our counsel. He's already told us what we need to do. He's already showed us the way that we're supposed to go. God's given us his word as his counsel. I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. Here's what verse number seven says as well. My reins also instruct me in the night season. You see, we know what we have to do during this time. We know what we must do. He says, uh, again, verse number seven, look at that. My rains also instruct me in the night seasons. Just like the rains of the way that you control the horse. He says, those rains that I have that control me, they've given me the instruction that I need during this dark period, the night seasons. I already know what to do. Here's the thing, Huikala. We've been preparing for this. We knew the difficult times were coming. We took last fall, I preached an entire series called Affliction. I don't know how many weeks it was. It was 10, 11 weeks or so where we talked about suffering and the sovereignty of God. And I told you that difficult times were coming. And when it came, it would be a testing of your faith to find out if you really believed what you said you believed. Guess what? This is that time. We've been preparing for this. We know what to do. 
who we call as a church that has always loved and focused on strong biblical exposition, taking the word of God, pulling out truth from it, applying it to our lives directly. We're prepared for this. We have the word of God and we have a focus on biblical exposition to guide us through this. Who we call has always been a church that's focused on evangelism and sharing what we have with other people and being able to provide others during this time the hope that we have. And it's a little bit different. We can't go over to people's houses and talk about Jesus. We can't invite people to go grab coffee or grab lunch with us and talk about Jesus. But you know what we can do? We can reach out to our friends, our family members, our neighbors to say, I'm praying for you during this time. If there's anything I can do to help, let me know. And we can show them the love of Jesus by being salt and light in our community. And we've been prepared for that. We know what to do. We have a commitment to community at Huikala. We've been preparing for times like this when maybe we couldn't meet all together in the same room together. We've been preparing this for this by developing community. Just this past week, we hosted, uh, this past Monday night, we hosted a Zoom call. We'll have one this Thursday night at, at 6 p.m. You can go to huikala.church uh, for the details on that. Where we all just got together on a webcast this past Monday night, and I said, hey, what's some things that God's teaching you through this? Time and time again, you heard people saying, like, hey, I had plans, but God, God has his plans, and they're greater than mine. Hey, God's taking care of my kids during times like this. Hey, God's provided for us. Hey, I'm really glad that I found this church family so that I can be a part of a loving community in times of uncertainty. And despite the fact that we can't all meet together, we've had community Today you're watching this in a live stream and uh, hopefully you've seen some other people that are logging onto the live stream that are uh, in worshiping together with you this morning. That's the idea behind community. We've been prepared for this. I feel sorry for people who don't have the Lord. I feel sorry for people who don't have a community. I feel sorry for those who come into a church service, sit in the back and never talk to anybody because in times like this, you realize how really alone you are. But for those of us that have been preparing the way the Bible commands us to of building deep connections and building deep community and loving each other and serving each other. Man, we're prepared for this. This past Wednesday night, we had our connect groups and we had them online. And again, if you wanna be a part of an online group, Wednesday nights, 7 p.m., go to whoecallit.church. There's a button that says small groups. You can click on the group that you wanna join. If you already have a group, you can join into that group. If you don't have a group, you can pick any of them. But you know what? We've been preparing for this. You know why? Because God's already given us his counsel and we've already made a commitment in our heart that we're gonna do what God says and we're prepared for this. But you see, we have to choose our priorities. You gotta figure out what's important to you in times like this. Take a look at verse number eight. He says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. You know, he says, hey, I've set the Lord before me. You know what that means? He's in front, I'm just following behind. When I look up, you know what I see? I see the Lord in front of me and he's guiding the way. He's leading the path. I've set the Lord before me. I didn't set the Lord over to this side. I didn't set the Lord over a little ways off. I set him before me and everything. Jesus isn't a backpack, Jesus, that I put him in my, my backpack and then I pull him out whenever I need him and then there he is. No, 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 he's before us. I've set the Lord always before me, he says. I set my priorities. I determined what was really important to me and Jesus is everything to me. 
during this time, he's a priority the way that he always has been. Notice in verse number eight, it says, because he is at my right hand. You see, the Lord is our source of strength and power. If you read through the Bible, uh, the Bible always uses the right hand as the hand of power, the hand of blessing. Apologize to all the lefties that are out there. God is right-handed. Jesus, where does he sit? He sits on the right hand of the Father. Uh, What does he give us? He gives us his strong right hand. And the right hand is always symbolic of strength, power, blessing, favor, graciousness, goodness. And you know what David says in verse number seven, or sorry, verse number eight, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. The strength of God allows me to keep my feet planted. This power of God allows me to put him before me and to continue to walk my path the way that God has instructed me to and to do what I know I'm supposed to do because he's at my right hand. He is my strength. He is my power. He is my everything. Isaiah chapter 40, verse number 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. Yep, you need strength. The Lord has it for you. Allow him to be your strength. Look, my strength, your strength, it fails. It runs out. Our courage, limited, finite. My ability to conjure up my own hope, very, very limited, but God's supply is always unlimited. And God gives more and more as we need it. And here's the good news. We can weather the storm. We can make it through this and worse. You see what he says in verse number eight? Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Hey, I've dropped anchor here. I've put my roots down here. I'm following after the Lord in every way because he is my strength and I will not be moved. You know, I, I was talking with some, some pastors this past week. Uh, we got on a, a conference call, some good friends that I have. All three of us that were on that call mentioned how we were worried about people who were kind of on the outskirts, people that were friends and never really got plugged in, never really got connected, sporadic in their attendance, sporadic in their commitment to community. And I said, you know what? My heart as a shepherd, my heart as a pastor, I'm worried that, that we're gonna lose some of those folks. In times like this, when difficult times come, if you're not locked and loaded, you're not fully anchored to the rock, you're just gonna drift. But I can't afford it, and you can't either. But because the Lord is ever before me, because he is the strength and the power of my right hand, I shall not be moved. And I wanna challenge you to say, I'm not gonna be moved. This is hard, this is painful, I'm hurting, others are hurting. It might get worse before it gets better, but I'm not gonna quit on Jesus because he's never quit on me. I'm 100% locked and loaded. I've been so encouraged by people who this past week have reached out and said, Pastor, if there's anybody in our church that's struggling financially, let me know, I wanna help. If there's anybody that needs groceries, let me know, I wanna help. If there's anybody that needs somebody to run to the store and grab stuff for them and deliver it to them, I wanna do that. I love that spirit amongst our church family. I absolutely love it. Last week, uh, one of our ladies, uh, Auntie Kat, who serves on Sunday mornings in our children's ministry, faithful lady of our church. She's been here since the very first week of our church and she's been faithful. She called and she said, Pastor, 
I've got some fresh fruits and veggies I want to drop off at the church, and whoever wants them can come get them. And I was thankful to be able to make bags of groceries to hand out to folks in our church and folks in our community and just show the love of Jesus. This past week, she uh, texted me at 5.10 in the morning. She says, Pastor, my store got broken into. Could you pray for me? And I said, absolutely. So I gave her a call later that day. And she said, Pastor, everything's fine. It, it's all taken care of. Um, she said, uh, they came and got some stuff, and she, she had some things that she had just bought that they'd stolen and things like that. She said, but it's not a big deal, Pastor. God's good. And she said, if you know of anybody that needs anything, let me know. Man, I love that spirit. Here's a woman who has given and given and given, and someone who's had things stolen and taken from them. And you know what her first thought was? If I can do anything for anybody else, please let me know. I want to serve others that way. You know why? Because a long time ago, Kathleen chose her priorities. She says, I'm going to set the Lord ever before me. He's always been faithful. I want to be faithful to him. And while she's a small business owner, she's believing that she can weather the storm. You know why? Because the Lord is her rock. The Lord is her source of strength. The Lord is at her right hand. I want to challenge you. Things might get hard. Things might get difficult. Things might be uncertain. Things might be unclear. But I want you to know we can weather the storm together because we know that Jesus is faithful. Take a look at verse number nine, if you would. Therefore, my heart is glad. My glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. You see, through times like this, the Lord brings us the peace that we desperately need. He brings us the peace that we desperately need. I need somewhere to come back to that's always safe. I need somewhere to come back to that I can always trust. I need somewhere to come back to that's 100% always there for me all the time. And you know where that is? It's the Lord. This church will let you down. This pastor will let you down. Your husband, your wife will let you down. Your parents will let you down. Your your brothers, your sisters will let you down. Your cousins, your uncles, your aunties, they'll let you down. Everyone will let you down. God is always faithful. And he brings us in times like this the peace that we desperately need. There's talks this past week about a stimulus package for uh, Americans and trying to get people a check. I don't know if it's going to be $1,000 or $1,200 and things like that. People want to know, when am I getting my check? Who gets the checks? Who's qualified for it? Who's not? Small businesses are wanting to know, hey, what's the help that we're being offered? We're being told by the government, keep plowing ahead. We're going to help you through this. You can make it. What does that even mean? And nobody really even has the answers for any of that. We even see some uh, drama in our own state and local government about how we handled the situation and things like that. Hey, look, I don't know who I can trust. I don't know where we can find hope from aside from God and his word. If I'm waiting on a bailout from the government, I might be waiting a little while. If I'm waiting on a check to come in the mail, I might be waiting for a while. I might be waiting for a while for all of the uh, government to get on the same page as far as what's the next step is. I don't know, but I know that God knows and I know that he's faithful and I can have peace knowing that he knows what's best. I love what verse number nine says. He says, my heart is glad. Inside us, we can have joy during this time We can have peace during this time. You know why? Because peace and joy don't come from our circumstances being exactly what we need. Peace and joy come from the Holy Spirit of God who lives within inside of you if you're a child of God. And my heart can be glad knowing that God is in control and God is in charge. You see, the hope that we have is not a peace because we know that everything's gonna work out uh, the way that we want it. 
our hope that we have is firm, confident, expectation based upon the character of God and the promises of his word. We can have hope. We can have peace because the Bible says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. Verse number nine says that the whole person can praise God. And my glory rejoices. What that means is every part of me has a reason to praise God. Do you have a reason to praise God this week? I know I do. These past couple of weeks have been uh, busy, I guess you could say, for me. Uh, Some people might be thinking, well, you know, pastor's job, you know, really just to preach on Sunday, you know, putting together a couple messages a week, that should be pretty easy, but uh, last week we took our service from completely 0% online to 100% online in about five days, that was hectic. This past week I've been following up with folks and making phone calls and trying to get people plugged into connect groups and making sure that everybody's needs are met and make sure that uh, those that might be hit by this financially that they're okay and make sure that those uh, that we haven't seen in a couple of weeks are are doing all right and things like that. And for me, uh, my workload has increased exponentially. My kids were on spring break this past week, and my plan was to uh, be able to spend a lot of time with them during spring break. Didn't get a chance to spend a lot of time. We got pockets of time where we could as a family, and I took a, a day off this past week, but it's been busy. But you know what? I have reason to praise. I could complain. I could gripe if I wanted to, or I can praise. I got a whole lot more reasons to praise than I do to complain. I love what it says in verse number nine. My flesh also shall rest in hope. You see, at the end of the day, my flesh, that is the part of me that is not necessarily always connected to God's spirit the way that it should. My flesh, my physical being, my body can take rest because I hope in the Lord. I don't know how many folks in our church struggle with anxiety, but I have in the past. In times like this, we can become overwhelmed with anxiety and we can become anxious and we can become worried. But the Bible says that our flesh can rest in hope. We can take time to breathe. We can take time to spend in God's word. And I'm telling you this, one of the only things kept me sane in these last 10 years is being in God's word on a daily basis and drawing upon his strength. And we have reason to hope this morning. Final verse that we'll take a look at this morning. Verse number 16. I'm sorry, verse number 11. Psalm 16, verse number 11. This for me is probably one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. Uh, When I write somebody a note or when I write a note in someone's Bible, when I present a Bible to them, I always put in there Psalm 1611 because... It means so much to me. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy, and at thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. I love that because it tells us, first of all, God's hand leads. He's going to show us the path of life. He's going to show us where we're supposed to go. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and we have to trust in that. And he has the path of life, and his hand will lead us every step along the way. 
Next, his presence gives us the fullness of joy. It doesn't give us just a little bit of joy. It makes our hearts full when we recognize the presence of God. I know that God's at work right now, and that's how I can have joy during this time. I know that God is working everything together for our good and for his glory. That's how I can have joy in this time. And not just a little bit of joy, not just a handful of joy, but a fullness of joy. Because his presence is here. Because I know that God's at work because I know that he hasn't forgotten me. I know that he still knows my address and still knows where I sleep, and if I need anything, he knows where I'm at. And because of that, I can have fullness of joy. As I see folks in our church family and the way that they're staying connected and the way that they're loving and serving each other and the way that they're checking up on each other and taking care of each other, that brings me joy as your pastor because I know that God's at work in your life and you're making sure that he's at work in the lives of others as well. But I love the last part. At thy right hand, there's a right hand again. At your hand of power, favor, strength, blessing, graciousness, there are pleasures, not for just this week, or the week after that, pleasures forevermore. See, God's hand gives us the pleasure that our heart craves. God's presence scratches the itch that everyone has. God's presence, his right hand, fills the hole that's in my heart that only Jesus can fill. And we can have the fullness of joy and we can have all of God's blessings and we can enjoy this life and the next because God is faithful. So the pleasure that we sometimes seek for in sinful ways in this life, God says, no, 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 no. I've got the good stuff. I have fullness of joy. At my right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. And friend, when we're on the other side of this, we're gonna have a celebration like never before. I don't know about you, but I've already been thinking about what does that mean our very first Sunday back together? What is it gonna look like for us? And I don't know if we're gonna have to stagger it in phases. I don't know how they're gonna make it. So if you can have gatherings of 100, then we'll have two services or two and a half services. Or if you have gatherings of less than 200, you know, how we'll determine who gets in, who doesn't get in. But I know this, when we all get back together, what a day that's gonna be. And we're gonna have a big, huge meal that day. We'll have some food for sure. I mean, we'll make sure that they're wearing rubber gloves if we have to, and we'll have a big thing, hand sanitizer that will be in uh, glorious supply by that point, I'm sure. Enough toilet paper to go around for everybody. You know, what, what's that gonna be like? That's gonna be awesome to get back together. What a party that's gonna be when we get to gather back together as the church. But you know the good news about this time is we don't have to wait till that to celebrate. God is already faithful. God is already in control. God's already showed himself strong. God's already provided. God has already met needs. God has already given us his son. We have reason to celebrate today. God will show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy at thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. Have you found the goodness of God through all this? Have you found the faithfulness of his son through times like this? Have you felt the loving arms of his community in times like this? If not, dig into it this week because that's what your soul craves. Know this, this period of time that we're going through, it's not gonna last forever. Just like every other trial that you've been through in your life, while it seemed so heavy at that time, while the clouds didn't look like they would ever break, remember that they always did and God was always found faithful during that time. He's gonna do it again this time. 
and you and I can trust him. The most important thing in the world is if you're here listening to this today and you don't know for sure that you're saved, know this, God loves you, Jesus died for you. And if you do not accept Jesus Christ as your savior, it's only gonna get worse. The Bible tells us here, sorrows will be multiplied. But after that, it gets exponentially worse because you're gonna be in hell, separated from God forever. And God doesn't want that and I don't either. Put your faith in Jesus today as your Lord and Savior. If you'd be willing to do that today, the Bible says that God can save you, he will save you, and all the promises of God's word are yours. If you have questions on that, feel free to drop me an email or, uh, man, I I would set up a Zoom video conference to sit down and talk with you about how you could know for sure that Jesus Christ is your Savior. But you gotta get that sorted because all this is just details until you do that. But for those of us that are saved, those of us that say that Jesus Christ is our Lord, will you live this week like he's your Lord, your Savior, your God, your rock, your fortress, your strong tower, your horn of your salvation, always mine. And that's made all the difference in the world because in times like this, I can run to the shelter. Times like this, I can run to the rock because he's mine. And the promises of his word are mine as well. Let's take time this week to spread some hope. Let's take the good news that God has given to us and share it with others. I don't know what that looks like for you, especially during times like this. I don't know if it's maybe uh, sharing this uh, message via podcast with someone or sharing this video with someone or posting it on social media, maybe tagging somebody that you think would be helpful for. I know this though, this world needs some hope. It's in short supply right now and you and I have access to all the hope that we'll ever need for now and for all of eternity. Let's live with hope this week. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you for this time in your word. I pray that you'd help us to walk with you this week. Help us to claim the promises of your word. Help us to dig in deep to your word. Show yourself strong on our behalf this week. God, I pray that you would do something special for us this week to show us that you're still in charge to show us that we can still trust you. I pray that we would run to your word when we feel overwhelmed. And I pray that as we took a look at last week from Psalm 61, that you would lead us to the rock that is higher than us. God, we trust you. We know that you're sovereign. We know that none of this took you by surprise. And we also know that you're faithful. Show yourself strong on our behalf this week. Father, we love you. We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for the Hui Kala Baptist Church podcast. We'd love to have you as our guest this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. You'll find exciting classes for your keiki, a welcoming church family, and a message from the Bible that's sure to encourage your heart. Join us this Sunday. You belong here.